Hello and welcome to There Is A Season podcast. This week we are finishing up our conversations with our dear friends Tina and Jayla. This episode covers Tina's story. If you missed Jayla's story that is last week, please go give it a listen. It's highly, highly encouraging. I love these women so much. I hope that this is an encouragement and we hope that you enjoy. So Tina... Can you tell us, maybe share a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your life, maybe your personal testimony, and just some different things like that? I would love to. Well, this is really ironic, but like Jayla, I am also 40, and I am a twin. Oh, I love it. Oh, there you go. We share special mm-hmm. qualities, right? That's why we're great friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot that we do share in common. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a pastor's home, and I am an identical twin, and I have a brother with special needs. So my growing up years were filled with lots of opportunities to learn about Christ-like love. In the church mm-hmm. ministry, having a twin sister, my mother was like, you will not fight. <laughs> so it was like, we had to learn right away how to get along. And then with a brother that's just two years younger with special needs, that really is a unique opportunity for a family to learn how to extend love mm-hmm. in a number of different ways. That sometimes a family without a special needs doesn't learn as easily or as quickly And we had a lot of fun, my twin sister and I, growing up with our brother, Clint. And we joked and said that really, because all of our girlfriends, our our friends at school, they would complain about their brothers. Mm. We said, man, everybody's brother should be just like Clint, you know, Mm -hmm. with special needs until they turn 18 or 19. And then the Lord can fix the chromosome and they'll be back to normal (laughs) or something. Because Clint was just a blessing to grow up with. So I grew up in a home that was very involved in church and doing life, serving people. Uh, As a twin, I also had an early testimony of um, asking Jesus to be my Savior around four or five. But when I was 11 years old, I wasn't certain. I actually remembered, I remembered having that moment of decision at four years old, but I thought, I don't think I understood it. And that was just part of probably my growing and development. So I went to my mom and we sat down and she showed me Bible verses I already knew. And she read with me Romans 8, 38 and reminded me that there's nothing that can separate me from the love of Jesus once I'm one of his children. So I would say that I had assurance of my faith uh, when I was 11 years old. And then I continued just growing up and enjoying being part of our church family and of our family went away to Bible college and met my husband, Aaron Wilson, there. And we started right off in going into ministry. And I was teaching high school at a Christian school. He was the discipleship pastor and the youth pastor. We coached sports together. We just had so much fun those early years. And then our, we were blessed with boys two boys, and they are now almost 16 and 14, which is incredible. Time goes by so quickly. And after about nine years in local church ministry, then we moved up to ministry at Camp Kobiak, and we have just had a blast. It is a crazy blessed life, and that is how I succinctly put it. We are able to be involved in so many different local church ministries, with families and friends, seeing them regular throughout the year, 
all over the Midwest and we get to travel to those churches and we get to share in special days. It really is a unique ministry opportunity with a lot of special crazy blessings. So it is just, it's wonderful. I live a very blessed life. Mm -hmm. That sounds wonderful. With all of that going on, do you find sometimes it's hard to time manage with a lot of that going on or do you not struggle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I think that there are times that you go, wow, how do we keep up with this, you know, crazy blessed life that we live? And I do tend towards wanting things to be structured and calendar driven. And I married a fabulously spontaneous, exciting husband. <laughs> and so sometimes that reality does make for me say, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. But we have learned over now, I think, is it 17 years? I think, mm -hmm. um, to every once in a while, Tina just needs both of us to sit down and look at the calendar. And it usually goes every couple months. We sit down, look at what's coming up for the next little bit. And then I do for what is in my sphere of influence, what my realm is, I make routines and schedules because that helps me live with our crazy life. We love to be hospitable and open up the house for people that are here at camp or, you know, or people that just happen to stop in. And so I live with a meal plan and I have routines every day of things that happen like throw in a load of laundry and start the dishwasher before bed. And those things have helped me live with a crazy spontaneous husband so that I can enjoy the blessing of being able to serve in a lot of different ways where if I didn't plan for it, then I just would be unprepared for it. So yeah, yeah there are times that it seems like a lot, but also the Lord really reminds us that it's our reasonable service to love and to serve other people. So when I get stretched a little bit beyond what I just would think would be what I would put in my calendar, I have to say, Lord, I need your strength and grace. I get the opportunity to do something and I have to do it in a very short amount of time. And it is so fun, even with the boys, that as helpers, I say, hey guys, we have 15 people coming over in 30 minutes. I need your help, you know? And it's not always that. Right. Yeah. But it is sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and so everybody jumps in and we really have taken on a concept of family ministry opportunities so that it is not that um, camp ministry is just Aaron's thing and we're doing our life separately. We really do all of our life together as a family unit with ministry. So that does mean sometimes that the boys may have to sacrifice something because we're going to do something as a family unit. So they maybe aren't going to be able to be on a little league team or something. That might mean that I have to sacrifice something. Like I can't have a routine schedule, which I would prepare for myself just completely boring routine day after day yes but that's not you know and and for Aaron too then there's something that he might have to you know at different times there's give and take and we may not be able to do a certain opportunity because the family just needs a day of rest yeah so we have taken on this concept of doing life and ministry as a family and that's just a give and take thing and that's wonderful for your boys to learn under too yeah. because God's preparing them to serve him. Yeah. Yeah. And that may look structured. That may look a little bit crazy. But with God's help, it's going to be blessed. Yes. And you know, we say to each other, we remind each other, God has called all of us as Christians to serve and to love others. Mm -hmm. I love Galatians 6.10, which says, Do good unto the brethren, especially the household of faith, You know, at every opportunity. And so 
we in full-time Christian ministry just have an opportunity to have a more singular focus of doing what God's called everybody to do. If there's anybody who's going to pick up the towel and look for an opportunity to serve, well, it should be us, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate that outlook on ministry. Not everyone has it, but I do appreciate both of you in living out. Don't we make it fun, right? Yes. (laughs) Well, and ministry is fun, and that's something that you need to show your children, and you need to show others, and you need to show the people in your church, the people at camp. Ministry is a blessing. That is a calling that God gives, but it's, it's a good calling, and it is a fun one. Yes, it can be crazy. Yes, it can be busy. And like Tina, I love structure. But ministry doesn't always look like structure. You're ministering to people, which sometimes is all over the place and not on your schedule. But it's a lesson and sometimes a hard one to learn. But it's a blessing to be in ministry and to be used of God. So, Tina, you are a camp director's wife. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? And uh, I know it's a little different. Yes. Um, Yes. Camp life is a blast. And it changes from season to season. But I have the opportunity to be what we the office manager. So I get to be part of what's going on in the day-to-day workings of how camp happens. And so I help with organizing lots of details there. And I have such a fabulous team of office ladies. And we just really do move mountains. But then I also, um, in the summertime, I have the opportunity to help with lifeguard training and health techs, and that kind of gives me a neat opportunity to invest in college-age young people. And then we travel a lot as a family, so we homeschool the boys, and that gives us the flexibility to be able to travel when Aaron's ready to travel, and then to do life with the reality of, you know, different activities going on at camp. And so I um, also, you know, I work with the boys and get to invest in them. And then we just have people over often, and that's a unique opportunity to just extend our family table with a lot of people and share the realities of the many blessings God's given us. That sounds wonderful. I have seen some of your photos of, like, your really long table in your house of all the wonderful people. Tina is a wonderful hostess, also a good cook, and she has secrets of things to keep in your house to throw a meal together within 15 to 30 yes. minutes. Yes, I, sure. I yes. do. Right. Okay, so you just have to watch for when the meat goes on sale. Okay, because if you have a main course, everything else can come together. But when you buy a pork loin, don't freeze it in the straight log. Roll it into a circle shape and stick it in your gallon bag. That way, when you spontaneously have to entertain, you can stick it frozen in your crock or in your Instapot, and it will cook like in an hour. Mm. I mean, just boom like that. But if you leave it long, then you have to defrost it in the microwave. Then you have to put it in the Instapot. So, yeah, I would say that's that's one, one of my favorites. Pork loins often go on sale. So I buy those things, put them in the gallon bag, shaped like a circle, Instapot. Boom. You have shredded pulled pork sandwiches with enough time to get the sides together. <laughs> that is one thing yeah. at our time at camp with with her yeah. that I learned of certain things that you just have on hand that with if your husband calls you that afternoon yeah. and says, hey, we're having some people over yeah. tonight, there's often not time to go to the grocery store and prepare. Right? Mm-hmm. So some things that you just you always just make sure you have them on hand and the second you use them, yeah. 
you wait till you yeah, you replace good. it or you wait for that sale yep. and you grab a few of them knowing that you're going to use them. I usually make meatballs 300 at a time and I make chocolate chip cookies about 150 at a time, but you just make the dough balls and you scoop them and put them on cookie trays and flash freeze them and save them in gallon bags. Mm. And then you always have dessert. So if people stop by, you can have coffee and dessert. But my boys do regularly go into the deep freezer and steal Chocolate chip uh, cookie dough uh, balls, but they love that. They're amazing. They're really good. They yeah. are really good. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. I asked Jayla this question, but do you have a current life verse or verses? I would say right now, for this season of my life, it goes back to the Galatians six ten. As you therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto the brethren, especially the household of faith. Because I do feel at this stage of my life that my purpose in being Aaron's wife and here at Kobiak is to be a helper. And so when there's times that I feel, wow, I've got a little more on my plate than I feel like I would choose to have right now, it is reminding myself of what my purpose is. Well, my purpose right now is as I have an opportunity to be a blessing to that person and that is my heartbeat. I want to be able to be a helper. And my natural selfish tendencies would say, actually what I want is to sit at home and read ancient biblical archaeology books and drink strong black coffee and maybe crochet, not invest in people. But no, that is not really actually what I want. That's what I think is comfortable and safe. But what I really at my core want is I, I really do want to make a difference. I want to help where I'm able to. And so that would Galatians 610. That's my verse. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I, I might have to adopt that. That's a good one. It is a good one. I like I, that. Kind of puts you out there, though. Like, well, yeah. boy, as yes. you therefore have opportunity. Yes. And there are a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. in life, and we're to take those. But I love that verse. Yeah. I asked this question to Jayla as well, but is there. Anything on your heart, maybe something that you think would be encouraging for women or maybe something that you've learned personally that you think would be helpful? You know, if I were to go to any portion of scripture that I would say for women is the most regularly encouraging and something that we just struggle with as women, it is to go to Philippians chapter 4. I just love the reality of Philippians chapter 4 that where it tells us to think on these things. They're true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Because I think for women, we do so often struggle with our thought life before we get into the action point. And we can just get so stuck. Like the devil can so sabotage the Lord's plans for us by getting messed up in our thinking so then our actions get off. Because the next couple verses after those verses in Philippians 4 says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, that thinking part, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And later it tells us that God's peace can be ours. So like there is a wonderful sense of peace that God intends for us to have as women. And the process of enjoying that peace is by thinking on the things that we're told in his mm -hmm. word. And I just think, like, if, if you're having a rough day, if you've been having a rough week, if it's just been a rough stage, take yourself to the mental discipline of taking every, captive, every thought captive 
and saying, is this just pure, lovely of a good report? Is there truth in this? Is there praise in this? This is what I will think on. Mm-hmm. And that really clears out a whole lot of the junk when we put ourselves to that discipline. And like Jayla was saying, like the discipline of using scripture, music, and good friends to remind us of this reality, that's how you do it. Mm. And so many times we don't think on those things that are true and lovely, and we don't control those thoughts or turn them over to God to control, that's where anger and bitterness comes in. And how many Christians do we know that let things like that go, and eventually it does. Mm -hmm. That resentment, that anger turns into bitterness, and it is just an ugly seed that is so hard to get rid of. I know in my ministry, I counsel women through that. And it is a hard one to overcome. God's powerful enough to do so, but when you're not thinking on those things and turning your mind over to that, it's so easy to become bitter. Mm -hmm. Yes. What are some tangible things that maybe someone could do to help themselves through that? I know that we mentioned Jayla's suggestion of you know, music and friends and all of those, but are there any other things that you could think of? Yeah, I think just as that Philippians 4 process is part of your daily living, that means then you are listening to things, music, but also podcasts that are encouraging you, right? Preaching at your at your church services that is encouraging you. I think also reading things along that same, you know, there's so much garbage that can be read out there. Read things that are following that same sieve of consciousness, of thought, you know. Um, read books that are encouraging you in the right direction. Watching on TV. Is there anything that follows that principle? Maybe some really good documentaries, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, really just disciplining yourself in all ways. Whatever is coming in your eyes, your ears, and your heart gate, that it's following that same process, especially if you have found yourself in a rut of just not having good days and enjoying that peace. And in John chapter 15, it talks about the vine and the branch. And it talks about abiding in him and he in you. And in that same vein, to abide would mean to spend that time abiding in, praying, seeking the Lord, reading the scripture, and abiding in him and he in you. Then your thoughts can be established. Yeah. That's what the Bible uses that word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Tina, for being a part of this. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you for having this conversation with us. It's been a lot of fun. It has been. And and encouraging. Mm -hmm. It's good truth. I appreciate Tina and Jayla sharing their testimonies, their stories, their ministry advice, and just the simple blessings of serving the Lord. This has been such an encouragement to my heart as I hope it was to yours. And I just want to give a quick shout out to both Tina and Jayla. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast and being our guest. We will see you all next week.